0: Everybody, real quick before we get started, I wanted to kind of address the big elephant in the room. Yes, the big giant elephant in the room is that Clone Conspiracy No. 3 came out last week and, well, it broke the internet in half. Not really. It didn't really break the internet in half. It actually kind of fell over like a bad fart in church. But uh, we're going to obviously be wanting to talk about that, but in this episode... I recorded it several weeks ago, I recorded the other episode with the with the main gang several weeks ago, so it's kind of hard for me to um, talk about something whenever it never happened when we recorded it. So, without further ado, I'm going to take it away, we'll bring in the uh, lovely Renegade theme and uh, start the episode. You know, back when we first started this show, uh, there was a hope that we would get eventually Clone Saga Trades, and eventually 11 editions came out, divided into two halves. Uh, The first five epic books were the Complete Clone Saga Epic, and then the last six epic books were known as the Complete Ben Riley Epic. We also got an original Clone Saga Trade that uh, covered all the 70s and 80s material from Amazing Spider-Man, Spectacular Spider-Man. So, whenever we started going through these trades, we saw that there was a bunch of miniseries and there was Spider-Man Team-Up, which wasn't a really important title that uh, populated throughout the entire Trey Paperback series. And there were some main miniseries that we were going to cover, uh, things like Lost Years, Redemption, and uh, Final Adventure with the main casts. But I wanted to be a completist, and so tonight we're going to be basically playing catch-up. Actually, we, as you and me. The rest of the panel decided to stay at home because I didn't want them to suffer through reading all these <laughs> one-shots and... And um, standalone stories as well as some miniseries. So sit back, relax. Episode 58 of CSC will start right about now. Whoa, I don't think I even want to hear your story. All of you must hear the Scarlet Spider story.
1: My name is Ben Riley. I'm related to this reality's Peter Parker. How? I'm his clone. Or maybe he's my clone. We're not sure. I'm the real Spider-Man. I don't know what kind of mind game this is, but I'm the real Spider-Man. The real Peter Parker. You see? Clones. I thought I was that clone. I tried to stay out of Peter's life by taking on a new identity. I dyed my hair, changed my name to Ben Riley. I became a costume hero of the Scarlet Spider. It really made him angry. And the next big blow came from Dr. Kurt Connors. He discovered it. According to our genetic structures, it might be Peter who was the clone. Not me. That news pushed Peter Parker over the edge. Now he hated me with a passion. This is starting to sound like a bad comic book plot. It gets worse. Why didn't you
0: just tell me I was a clone? The
1: cloning process has proven unstable. You're <laughs> of upon
0: so we're going to start with uh, Punisher Family Plot uh, number one. Uh, it's a two-issue two miniseries written by Tom Lyle. Tom Lyle did the cover, which is the only time I think he ever drew the Ben Riley Spider-Man costume. But uh, yeah, the Family Plot part one is called The Fall. Tom Lyle does the words. Manus, Harris, Manley, and Giordano do the pencils. Emberline, Breeding, Ivy, Manly, Milgram, and Star do the inks, so there's a lot of people working on this particular issue. Alright, so the issue opens with a gang fight uh, between two rival gangs, a shootout, and Ben interrupts them and and, saves, uh, (laughs) basically says, don't even think about using that gun, and slips a spider tracer on one of the guys, and he's like, I'm gonna get you, you creaky, it's the last thing I do, and then... Uh, Ben oversleeps, and so he's late to work, and so he's, you know, he's running late, but, uh, he thinks sure he's gonna get the 11th degree from Shirley, but no, that would be Kathy, somebody that we've never freaking seen before. Well, Kathy's ex-husband and, uh, son show up. Uh, Ben sees a gun in, uh, Steve's, you know, lapel, and he's like, do you think it's a really good idea that, you know, Ben being an idiot... It's like, do you really think it's a good idea to have a gun around your child? Because this is, you know, this is the 90s, and this is, you know, uh, guns are bad, okay? Anyway, so, I'm sorry. Anyway, um, you know, he's like, there's no gun here, and he's like, you shouldn't have opened your big mouth, because people react this way. So he swings at Ben, Ben dodges the first punch. As as he's sitting there talking smack, flapping his gums, He's uh, he catches the other punch, and then we cut, and then he eventually leaves the daily grind. So, all right. Then we cut to um, Frank Castle, who is the head of the crime families because you know he's he's being the Punisher, and uh, you know the family, quote unquote, is sitting there saying, "Hey, we need to have a statement. We need to have a we need to have a big win to show that we mean business." Well, the uh, some of the other underlings are sitting there plotting to overthrow the don because well he's you know he's, he's allying himself with the punisher right so the punisher uh is assigned a job and the majority rules and uh he's like i don't want to i don't want to do this i don't want to kill spider-man well he's like what's the matter Cass? are you afraid you're gonna fail or get arrested that would make me next in line to be the don uh and he's like, uh, so predictable. And, uh... He grabs the guy and he says, I'll be back and remember, I'm the Dawn! Yeah. This is the 90s. Uh, anyway, so... We then have... Uh, Tombstone, who is trying to lead this coup. And, you know, Tombstone is Tombstone. And, uh... You know he's trying to he's trying to become head of the head of the various crime families, and so Ben has tracked down Mister Malone or uh, Marlowe, who is Steve Marlowe is the is the guy. He's trying to figure out what's going on with him. We then cut to Punisher giving a bit of his origin story, and uh, he's also trying to uh, he figures out that somebody has followed him and. You know Punisher threatens his life, Ben's still trying to uh Ben is Ben is swinging around the city he's thinking about uh Marlowe's you know uh why Marlowe's in a police uniform, and then all of a sudden a hail of bullets and then Punisher is um shooting at Ben and Ben's like you know Ben crawls on the wall and says, "Hey hey, what the hell are you doing man and you know, Punisher. Ah, you're the only reason you know how you should be dead. I assume that your Spider-Man loved the new costume. Am I talking the same uh, man I fought before? Under all, un- underneath all of that, so uh, he's like, I know you better than you know me. Whatever. And then Ben st- hits him with a stinger, and uh, when when gunshots ring out, and <laughs> um, you know. Marlowe is acting like a police officer, and he's got him hanging off the side of a uh, of a building, and he's threatening him. He's like, "I'll cooperate," and then all of a sudden, gunshots. And uh, Punisher's like, "No, he's mine." So Punisher is trying to kill Marlowe because he's a dumbass. Um, <laughs> Marlowe's not dead. Punisher's like, or Tombstone's like, "Why didn't you get this
1: done?" And yada
0: yada yada. And so, you know, family is a good life insurance, and he's kicking Marlo's ass. And, you know, Spider-Man and the Punisher show up to, to fight with Tombstone. And uh, Marlo is like, you got five seconds to decide what the, about all these innocents. And so he throws this, like, spherical grenade. And uh, <laughs> Punisher's like, I think I should have just killed you after all. Kaboom! And that's the end of the issue. The issue ends with a big giant explosion. We then cut to... Uh, now, I want to talk about something right quick before we get too far in. Because the first issue is, is basically um, on the cover, it's like a Spider-Man special event. And then on the issue number two, it says Marvel Edge. Now, Marvel Edge was one of the many pla- uh, uh, imprints during the Marvel the 90s. Marvel Edge was like Punisher, Nightwatch, Midnight Suns, all those guys. They were on the Marvel Edge imprint. So... Um anyway, so that we're so that that's kind of telling you what that is. Um all right, so we go to uh Family Plot number part 2, Redemption, story by Tom Lyle, pencils by Joe Bennett, inks by Michael Witherley Witherby. So that tells you that one, Joe Bennett was on staff for the Marvel Edge group and they had to scramble to do the first part with Tom Lyle's script on the Spider-Man group. Uh, All right, so we pick up right where we left off from last issue, a big giant explosion. Punisher and Ben are falling down, and, you know, basically, uh, you know, he's like, I know you're not going to shoot me because, well, my spider sense is not tingling. So, um, you know, Marlo and Tombstone have left the building. They used that distraction to get out, and Marlo's like, didn't I do a good job, huh, huh? So, uh, Punisher and Spider-Man decide to team up. We then go back to the, uh, uh, the family's house, and they're discussing what to do with, with Frank Castle. We have little Stevie, who decides to sneak out. Uh, and so, he's following the ambulances. He then eventually finds his dad. And he's like, what, what, and His dad's like, What the hell are you doing here, dude? Well... Punisher Punisher, Tombstone realizes that this is a really good uh, insurance plan. And so Stevie, you know, uh, so we then go back to Kathy Somers. I guess guess we finally get her full name as Kathy Somers. In a very um, Rob Liefeld, Jim Lee era image of her in, I think that's supposed to be a bra and panties, but it looks like, it doesn't quite look like a brawn and panties. And she's got, you know, very voluptuous for some reason. So she realizes that uh she has a bad dream about Stevie, and so she realizes very quickly that the key to Steve's apartment is gone. Because that's where Tombstone and Steve's and Steve was. They were they're hiding out of his apartment. So Ben and uh Punisher continue to try to track track them down. Um Steve is trying to work on another job for Tombstone. Punisher then shows up, and he's starting to, like, shoot everybody. You know, he's like... Uh, you know, he, he shoots two of the two accomplices for Marlow, and he's like, no, 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 no. You know, he's like, dude, I'm going to give you... I'm going to give you two seconds to drop your weapon. So, he's like, do you really want to take me on? So, uh, he's like, I'm not going to kill you yet. But... Um, we go back to the, uh, you know, he's like, you're, you know, uh, Tombstone is, he's, you know, threatening, threatening this poor little kid and, uh, (laughs) Spider-Man, uh, you know. The kid sees his mom, and Ben, like, throws this big giant web ball straight into the back and crack, you know, causes a big cracking sound with Tombstone. Tombstone is, you know, you, but you're dead. And he's like, ah, you know, trying to... There's a big fight that ensues. Uh, Spider-Man tries to use his spider stingers, but it's to pretty much no avail until he finally gets one that goes down his throat. And he's like, ah, what what are you doing? Uh, Punisher... Uh, shows up with Steve and Punisher <laughs> Punisher gets this really really big gun and, and uh, basically bl- more or less blows up uh, uh, tombstone and he's like can you uh, and and Ben uses a big giant web shield to you know shield the 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 mom and the kid from uh, huh. mom and kid from from possibly being shot in the shotgun blast and ben's like can you you know bring a little less firepower because this gun is like typical image gun that's you know six times bigger than it really should be so kathy and and stevie are uh, um ben picks them up and and he's checking on the two of them punisher's like uh you know we killed his ticket got punched and uh he's like i'm getting out of here don't you stop me and and they realize that... Um, more or less that yeah, Steve's gone because of his own stupidity. So Steve died in the, in the, gun, in the gun battle. So we go We then cut to the uh, Daily Grind coffee shop that looks nothing like the Daily Grind. Um, and we got Stevie and uh, Ben telling... They're telling the story and he's like, you know, hey... Uh what if my dad did? What does does what my dad did make me a bad person too? And and Stevie's, you know, he's got questions, and, and Ben's like, well, that's not how life works. You know, you make choices and and uh he's like, just remember you got a good mom. And you know just remember only the good things about your dad. That's all that matters, that's all that counts. But then cut to Punisher, talking with the family again, and uh Punisher is trying to decide whether or not he's, you know, really should be doing this. If he should be leading a crime family. If he's betraying his own family. And so that's how the issue ends with, you know, uh, with the Punisher trying to figure it out. So... uh, We then cut to the very next page. Uh, Venom... uh, Along came a spider. Now, Venom faced Ben back during the Exile Returns arc, which ran through list and Web of Spider-Man during like the the uh, March for or yeah, Back from the Edge came out that same month, so that's that kind of get that's very early days of this podcast. Well, Venom then interacts with Ben again during Planet of the Symbiots. so we now have. In fact, uh, if you want to listen to those episodes, that's episodes three and five of this show. Was back from the uh, edge and um, and exile returns. But uh, if you want to listen to the if you want to listen to the um, Planet Simulates episode, that's episode fifty three. So there you go. Anyway, so we now uh, of course have the interaction with Ben as Spider Man, Uh, the new Spider Man versus Venom. Along came a spider and. So, this came out in January. It was part of the Marvel Spider-Man comics group, uh, issue number one, and along came a spider. So we we open up the streets in New York City. We got uh, uh, Venom trying to trying to get a hold of his ex-wife, police headquarters, and they're trying to get a, they're trying to get a, a beat on Venom. And so, uh, you know, uh, they're saying, hey. He's a very dangerous vigilante, and so he tries to call the police station. Tries to because they've got a trace set up on Anne's phone. So, like, uh, you know, you know, in the last miniseries, I guess she was upset with about what she did, and she were melded and everything like that. Um... The, the, it, it basically, Eddie's having a conversation with him and the symbiote. So then the symbiote then, like, goes through the phone lines and is, like, trying to bond with Anne. And, you know, the police are freaking out. We go then cut to the Daily Grind with Ben. Ben you know, is going to work, and he sees the uh, uh, a news report talking about Anne and, and Eddie Brock, and, and Ben's like, uh, hey, oh, hey, oh, no. So... Uh, a, a, a perimeter has been set because they were able to get the trace and, um... At one point, they're trying to bring Pizza around. He's sensitive to dissonant sound! And, yeah. So, the, uh, Venom then has has camouflaged himself because um, he's trying to get closer to Anne. He then kidnaps Anne, and um... Venom kills the lights. Uh... And he's like, give it up, you'll never catch him now. And Anne's like, I'm not going anywhere with you, you know. And then Spider-Man shows up. And so as soon as Spider-Man shows up, that's how the issue ends. And they just start, you know, trying to destroy each other. And, um, all right, anyway. So this was written by Larry Hama, Joe St. Pierre, and did the artwork, the, did the breakdowns. Um, there was a bunch of different person people fin- doing the finishes on this one. And so the second issue is, and sat down beside her. And so Venom and Ben are fighting it out, and, uh... um, Yeah, and and he talks about, uh... uh, Venom's like, you should be wise to all our techniques, but you're acting like you never tangled with with us before. And he's like, I have, but it's been a while. And so, uh, which references those other... Times that Ben has fought Venom and Venom and, and and Ben continue to fight before a bunch of bells start ringing. It disorients Spider Man, but they were able to arrest uh, Anne. And um, <laughs> then the police officer walks up and she says, We could run you in for rec- uh, assault, reckless endangerment, interfering with investigation. You are not an officer of the law and you are not empowered to use unusual and deadly force to subvert, subdue a perpetrator. And he's like, she's like, got it! You know, trying to be all, uh, um, yeah. So, she's like, I'm still gonna call some friends of mine in the press, make sure that Ann Wien gets a fair shake. And she's like, oh yeah, like J. Jonah Jameson? Oh, you know, low blow. Um, you know, deep under Manhattan, you know, he's like, Spider-Man, this is
1: all your fault! You know,
0: we then cut to the, poli- the police station and, um, Han manages to get her phone call and then, um... Uh... They realize that Han's on the phone. Like, who who allowed her to make a phone call? And, uh... And, and so the symbiote then goes back through the phone lines again. Ben is trying to repair the damage to his to his uh, suit when he pricks his finger. And, uh... Well, the issue ends with
1: she Venom goes on a rampage.
0: Yeah, so got to issue number three of Venom Along Came a Spider. Ben is jumping into action, um, uh, and Anne's trying to figure out why'd you send me? Why did Eddie send me the symbiote? And so she's running around and she's creating all sorts of chaos. And uh, Ben is trying to sew up his his gloves for some reason. And ends up doing it like while web swinging, which is kind of impressive. Uh, so they're meeting at the at the amusement park, and shows you know, and is causing all, all a bunch of a bunch of chaos when Eddie gets firebombed. Like like somebody has a a flamethrower and they freaking try to uh, they burn Eddie to a crisp, and they're like, this takes the cake, you know. She is like, Eddie! Oh my god! And so she is pissed off with a really exaggerated, like, jaw. Um, and... So then Anne's like, here's, you know, here's the symbiote back, so the symbiote heals Eddie. Eddie fights with the cops, and... Spider-Man. And, you know, pretty much that's how the issue ends, more or less, uh... You know, um, Ben and Ben and the, and the and the lead detective and are the only ones that don't get blown up at the amusement park, and so they think Venom is dead, but uh, Venom is not, and so uh, you know uh, that then cuts into uh, Venom the Hunger, and that's how the uh, miniseries ends. So, let me give my thoughts on these two because uh since we're pretty much uh, well, not we're not quite done with this with this epic book yet, but um I this book sucks. Uh the, the, these two stories are so forgettable that I don't recommend you read them unless you have the traits. Like if you're buying the individual issues, great. But um the Punisher story gets a D. It got an F but unfortunately it, it, the artwork was so bad on issue 1 that when joe bennett comes around it's a breath of fresh air. The problem is is this is joe bennett before his style has really uh, coalesced and really firmed up and it's not 90s image version of of joe bennett because damn. Um I don't love this book. But I do I do get it. I I get why it was done. I get why they wanted to do a Punisher story with Ben Riley, considering that the Jackal and Punisher have a history and yada 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 and we hadn't seen the Punishers since maximum clonage. Yeah, for reasons. So I I get that. Um in terms of Venom Along Came Spider, very, very, very utterly forgettable story. We get Shee Venom and you know the the artwork by Joe Saint-Pierre is very, very exaggerated. You have an exaggerated jaw, you have exaggerated teeth. It's, it's very, you know, this is the brains,
1: brains, 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 brains
0: era of of, Spy- of Venom. Um, no rational plot whatsoever. You saw me kind of muddle through that entire recap. And it's very, very difficult to try to, try to discern a story out of this. Um, you're going to hear that a lot tonight. But I don't hate this story. I'm going to give it because uh, there's a there's a bit of a charm to Joe Saint Pierre's artwork, but it's gonna get a D. So there's double D's for, for these two stories to begin this be, to begin this particular episode. Alright, we're gonna jump over to back a little bit to Clone Saga Epic Book Number Five. Clone Saga Epic Book Number Five has two stories that we've not covered yet. And we're gonna cover one of these tonight. Uh, the first story is going to that we're the one that we're covering tonight is Punisher uh, or not Punisher. Uh, I'm sorry, Spider Man Team Up Number One. Now, if you remember back on our Greatest Responsibility episode, episode 24, I mentioned that um, when they did the Greatest Responsibility arc, they stuck Spider Man Team Up Number One, featuring the X Men in between. Um parts three and two and three of Graves Responsibility. I'm gonna talk about why they did that tonight. So Alright, Spider Man team up featuring the X Men. Let's talk about the credits, even though they're not on the front page. Mark Wade and Tom Pyre did the story. Nick Lashley did the pencils. Vince Russell and Al Milgram did the inks, Tom Smith the colors, Malibu, Malibu did the separations, Richard Starkings and Comic Craft did the lettering. So alright. Uh, Spider-Man and the Uncanny X-Men in Double or Nothing, we open with the issue with Scarlet Spider is the real Peter Parker and I'm just a guy. So we kind of do that whole, I'm not a man, I'm a clone version of Peter Parker. We then cut to the Hellfire Club who've decided to put a head out on uh, J. Jonah Jameson. We have a little brief mo- a brief, uh, little cut of Scarlet Spider, but you know, anyway. So Peter goes to the Bugle, and he's like,
1: Oh, you, you know, Parker! You know, he's like, you bellowed, Jonah. Don't get smart. You should be thanking me. You've got a classic photo opportunity here, and a chance to promote the Bugle's new, dashing new vendor displays with a low-cost news photo.
0: He's like, uh...
1: He's like, no cracks, Parker. I pay you top rate. And,
0: uh... Peter's like in Buffalo Nichols. So Peter takes takes the uh the, takes the picture. The Hellfire Club shows up and uh, kidnaps John James. So they teleported in. Peter Parker then you know uses the uh the uh, ducting ducts to uh, to sneak away. We think uh, nearby these uh, X-Men known as Cyclops and Phoenix along with Psylocke, Archangel and the Beast are going to see the theater they're gonna go see Cats because it's the 90's and Cats was like the it play um and so Spider-Man shows up tries to fight the Hellfire Club unsuccessfully I might add and um we then cut back to the X-Men and watching the film and, and uh, you know uh Beast is like oh my stars and garters this is phenomenal you know whatever and we then have a big, giant psychic disturbance that, like you know, hurts all of the X Men. And Ben is tr- still trying to uh, to rescue Jonah. Jonah is falling, and he's about to he's about to fall to his doom when the Beast shows up. And uh, Beast and Cyclops, you know, everybody's in their typical '90s garb. And uh, Another psychic, a psychic attack occurs. They regroup and try to try to rescue Jonah. They're fighting the Hellfire Club again, and uh, Jonah is like KO'd at this point. So they eventually get Jonah out of there and rescue him. A fight does ensue. They basically come to a stalemate. Whenever uh, uh, he's like, the. Um, uh, the person that's doing all the psychic attacks, like one of the members of the Hellfire Fire Club, Shaw. Uh Sebastian Shaw, like not KO's her and just anyway, the uh uh Anyway, so Peter takes Jonah back, he webs him up, uh basically creates a real life version of the uh uh <laughs> A real-life version of the little uh, cutout display that he was—he was talking about—and uh,
1: he's like, "I'll kill that Scarlet Spider."
0: So Peter then grabs his camera uh, and then crushes the camera in his hands. And so he's like, "Sweet dreams, Jonah. Thanks for the worst years of my life, and uh, I'm gonna miss you." So that ends. Uh, Peter Parker's Time at the Bugle supposedly and that cuts into Spectacular Spider-Man number 229 which ends Epic book number uh, five so the only story left now is the flip books and then we'll be done with the the first five parts of the clone saga actually we'll be done with almost the first six I, I, I believe um, we'll do a we'll do a rundown after, at the end of next episode of where we're at and what we have left to cover. So anyway, uh, we then co- bounce all the way to epic book number three of Ben Riley. Uh, epic book number three of Ben Riley ha- ca- covers the final adventure, which we'll cover in a in a couple episodes down the a couple recordings down the road. And uh, we have Spider Man meeting the uh, the Black Cat, and then. Spider-Man Team-Up, featuring the Silver Surfer. Yep. Spider-Man Team-Up featuring the Silver Surfer. It's called Ambush. And uh, I'll talk about who wrote it and who did everything at the end of the episode. but Or at the end of this this particular issue. Um, so, we open up with, with the Red Baron in space. Yep. Um, Norrin Rad, the Silver Surfer, sees it and he's trying to decipher what's going on. Ben is fighting off some goons for his typical, uh, his typical, you know. Well, that's what he typically does. Then we get a bit of a a classic throwback to, uh, for five years, I was on the road. type, dot, dot, dot. Uh, we then realize that there's some pigeons that are mysteriously monitoring Spider-Man's activities. So, the time for uh, implementation has arrived, and so, vengeance will be last. Uh... Yeah, uh, you know, the thinker is the one that is that is uh trying to get his vengeance. But then there's a, there's a mysterious person saying, You are just simply a pawn. And so uh Norn rad's heading to Earth and Ben Spider Sense like goes crazy. The thinker is like, you know, hurting him and eventually the thinker's goons get get an ambush on him. And uh you know the androids attack starts attacking him, and and so <laughs> realize that uh, the uh, uh, the thinker is not is more of a robot. He's actually a uh, an android to be exact, Spider Man manipulated via cyber cerebral cyberlink. and then uh, basically uh, Ben is then manipulated into fighting the Silver Surfer, and they teleport him into. Uh, to Washington State, where he's fighting the silver server, and then, um... you know, Quasimodo is revealed to be the mastermind behind this whole thing. They fight, they fight Quasimodo, and and they try to destroy him, and and uh, all of a sudden, then Thanos shows up, destroys Quasimodo's little box, and and <laughs> Thanos is like, "I will collect my debt whenever it's time." Within. um... Uh, we then get teleported to an area of the country that we call the Pacific Northwest and uh, uh, <laughs> Thanos teleported them there. They didn't actually fight in the Pacific Northwest. Tele- Thanos teleported them there because he was tr- he was trying to uh, repay a debt. And uh, we talk about Alvin Harper who uh, showed him showed the Silver Surfer you know how humanity should be, and so um, Ben's like, maybe I'll teach you to play some darts, and somehow, some way, they get home. But then, um, then the epic book goes to the Return of Cain, part one of four, so that's where we head from there. And then it goes into Web of Carnage, yep, and that's how the uh, book ends. So, um, all right, so issue number two of the Team Up. Issue number one team-up. Let's talk about these two. Uh, issue number one team-up is okay. It's not bad. Um, it's, it's, the dialogue is not bad. I think the characters were, characters were in character. It just was a mediocre issue. Um, I didn't really care about but Sebastian Shaw and the Hellfire Club. I don't really care about that. I don't mind seeing it in the movie. Um, first class. But really, for the most part, I really can give two shits less about uh, the X-Men. And so, to me, it was very, very arbitrary to bring in Jay Jonah um, for reasons. And so, ugh, contrived plot. Meanwhile, um, oh, I forgot to say who did this. Um, Roger Stern did the plot of this of, of, of um, issue number two of Team Up. George Perez did the script. And Tom Greinberg did the pencils. So, I mean, it's really pretty decently written. I just don't care about the Silver Surfer. And so, I like the Silver Surfer fine, but um, he's not. A, I I wasn't really well versed. Again, the part of the problem with these team of issues is if you if you're not well versed on what's going on in the '90s with those characters, you don't really care. These don't make you want to go pick up a Silver Surfer book. You know, I, I liked uh, Tom Grindberg's pencils. I thought it was pretty good. I liked you know I, I didn't mind the uh, the the plot and the script by Perez and, and Stern it's just it's so there i don't care and if you're not if you're not emotionally invested in these characters i'm emotionally invested in ben riley i'm not but i don't really care about um him teaming up with the silver surfer so you know at this point where am i at and i okay so issue 1 gets gets a d actually they're going to get a c minus uh, both issues get a C minus for me. So we then cut to number three. All right, for, for Spider-Man t- uh, team up featuring the Fantastic Four. So remember how I said that um, Dan Jurgens only did six issues of Spider-Man. Remember how I said that, and I've said that pro- or, or seven issues of Spider-Man. Um, well, I kind of inadvertently lied because I totally forgot about Spider-Man team up. Uh, Dan Jurgens did the cover to this issue, and so we then have Ben going into the Baxter, sneaking into the Baxter building, tripping the alarm for a prank on Johnny Storm. The thing pulls him out of the air duct, uh, Mr. Fantastic shows up, and we get the big splash page of what the story's called. It's called The Wizard's Fantastic. Stories by Dan Jurgens, who wrote this issue. So he wrote eight issues of Spider-Man. Uh, t- uh, Bob McLeod did the art. Bo- letters by Bill Oakley. Coloring by Tom Smith. So, yeah, I totally forgot that this was Dan Jurgens' written issue. So the plot is, is that there's an interdimensional door that is opened up. Ben falls through. They uh, uh, Reed thinks he's caught ben but actually he catches the uh the wizard and so (laughs) the wizard you know has opened up this portal and he's the he's the reason why this portal's opened up ben has fallen through and the wizard is distracted by video games so we then get a page of the of ben you know following through and he's like I'm
1: going to hit something. Hey, I expected to fall in the middle of a war, a Dr. Doom's armory or something, but but this, this ain't bad at all.
0: And so, you know, he's like, I'm going to kill you. And then they, you know, try to use a sword on him and it just (laughs) breaks on his skin. He's like, all right, already. You know, Uh, Ben then pulls out his little spherical thing and he can turn into Benjamin J. Grimm, where uh, as a human... So, Ben and the, Fantas- the Fantastic Four go change clothes and go put on their Fantastic Four uniforms. And Ben is uh, Ben and Reed and Sue decide to uh, go down down the down the, mat, the rabbit hole. There to uh, Johnny is to take care of the little elf. And so they, you know, Ben is fighting a bunch of guards. Then then the little elf's brother shows up and. Ben then turns back into the thing and is fighting with his brother. And they're trying to close the wormhole. And, you know, uh, um, <laughs> you know, Ben is like, uh, you know, Ben and, and, and the Fantastic Four are trying to, trying to get back through the hole. Ben almost doesn't make it through. But what uh, what happens is... Is uh, I shall close the porthole, and so they're starting to close the porthole, and the only way that they're able to get the uh, the wizard that they pulled through the porthole through back to his dimension is to throw the video game system out the porthole, and then uh, later on the um, uh, later on Peter uh, Ben's punishment to the Fantastic Four is to uh, basically be their waiter. They're like, the food was average, but the service made it all worth it, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, um they're like, I wonder, um I wonder how the wizard's getting along with his electricity, because that video game is useless, and he's and we have one little panel going. <sighs> so that is uh team up number three. Team up number three, um, love this issue. I, I it's not it's not an issue that I, you know, would say Oh my god! You need to go get it. If you happen to stumble across it, definitely pick it up. It's it's a fun issue. It's well written by Dan Jurgens. Um, I Bob McLeod obviously is a great artist, and I f- <laughs> this was fun. Fantastic Four and Spider Man are like peanut butter and jelly. You know what I mean? They just they just work. So I'm going to give this a B. Surprisingly enough. All right. We then cut to the epic book that we are currently in right now. As of last episode, which is epic book number five, epic book number five got the Delilah story, got the Peter nearly dies story, got the unlimited story with the Scorpion, and so yeah, um, we then pick up to the giant cluster f- that is Spider-Man team up featuring the Avengers number uh, number four. So webs of time, we have a uh, we have a prologue that takes place in the past where they're going into this Mayan temple. There's these people that have been caught up in in this web. We have two redheads that look almost exactly alike but they are uh, Natasha and Wanda are going into the danger room and um, Teen Iron Man and (laughs) Hawkeye are fighting, you know, and Giant Man shows up and everything like that. For some reason, Spider-Man shows up but it's not the Spider-Man you once knew. no. It's the Spider-Man that we all—it's—it's it's Peter Parker, not—not not Ben Riley. So a Thor shows up shirtless. I am going to blaze through this thing because this thing is just a cluster. Spider-Man shows up. Captain America shows up without his Captain America armor. Then Ben Riley shows up. Yeah, and we then cut to this giant web, and this web apparently all of the Avengers are there, and then and then like oh holy crap! So he's like Ben really realizes this this, this Spider-Man is not what he seems to be and and the Spider-Man really believes that he is who he says he is so he touches this like web goop and then we uh, because these are broken down into chapters and then chapter two having the time of my life is what it's called and we get the floating heads of guilt and I'm going to name them off we've got uh, Robbie Jonah I think that's supposed to be Desiree possibly Liz Uh, we have um, I think that's Ned Leeds Mary Jane, Dr. Otto Octavius, The Vulture, Kane, Janine, Craven the Hunter, Harry, a big big head of uh, of the jackal, and Peter Parker. So, you know, he's talking, and so basically he's he, Ben is reliving parts of his past. And he then encounters the Avengers of the Past and Well, simultaneously encountering Yeah, he's encountering the Avengers of the Past and they all knock him out. And, you know, uh, again, this this story jumps around so much, it's kind of hard to do. By the way, whoever, the person that did the artwork on that, remember how I said that Dan Juergens didn't do anything outside of the seven issues? Well, he wrote last issue, and then he drew part of this issue. It's great. So, we then... Uh, ben is, like, reliving parts of the Avengers past. They team up to try to destroy this little web. It comes... Uh, yeah, uh, this... <laughs> Eventually it happens, and, and they talk about the, the crossing. Oh, by the way, that Peter Parker Spider-Man that was there ended up being an android. So that blows your mind. It's like, what the f*** is this? Um, this gets a straight F. I don't care who did the artwork on this. This is so damn confusing that I, I just, this is awful, awful, awful story. I, I don't even want to talk about it anymore. I just want to set it down. Anyway, the, the stuff we have remaining in Epic Book Number 5, just to give you a heads up, is um, we'll, talk, we'll actually come back to Epic Book Number 5 in a minute because we're going to talk about Annual 96. And then the rest of it is going to be stuff that we'll cover in future episodes of the main show. So we're, then we're going to, for the very first time, we're going to break open. Epic Book Number Ben Riley Epic Book Number Six, which is the final Ben Riley Epic Book. So this is the first time we got this we we get this to happen, and we're going to jump all the way to ah, Derek Robinson. I, I did all did some of the uh, artwork in the last issue. Um, I like Derek Robinson's artwork pretty pretty good. So um, I actually enjoy when he draws Ben Riley. I enjoy when he draws Peter Parker. And I enjoy when he draws Scarlet Spider. So um, he's one of the, those lesser known artists that I I don't I just yeah. So, uh, Spider-Man team up featuring uh, uh, team up featuring Gambit and Howard the Duck. All right, so there is a nightclub called Nolens in Soho. We have a this is a sad in retrospect, but one of the, the second shot of the issue is um, and how how Robinson did this. At the very top of the page, you got a, a little Spider-Man that says Spider-Man. At the bottom of the page, you got Gambit. And then you have kind of this, it's kind of like a picture box, uh, yeah, picture boxed above and below the main part of the issue. So there's a, there's a, uh, so Ben goes to, goes to this nightclub and um, <laughs> meets with, meets this woman's like, hey, you on the wagon too? He's like, I'm just not much of a drinker. I like to keep my wits about me. So uh, Meredith the Wolf. Now, I don't know if Meredith the Wolf is, I don't know if she's related to Jean the Wolf, but, We'll see. Um, basically, the reason why Ben's there is Mary Jane insists that he's he's got to be more social so she can tuck her VIP passes in my hand and push me out the door. And, well, here I am ready to be wicked. So, anyway. So, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> then, of all people to show up, we got our favorite K-John from the X-Men, Gambit. So, uh, apparently... Gambit is uh supposed to be with Miss The Wolf, so you know No, so don't go breaking my heart, you know what I mean? So this here he is me Reboot, the fastest hand is a French quarter. So they talk about him and and uh talk about his days down in New Orleans. As he sees this this uh <clears throat> Crow who is what's he doing in New York, what's he doing in jail, and then we cut to Ben Riley <laughs> trying to um Trying to figure out his way through New Orleans. So basically, he talked about you know when you're on when you're on. Okay, let me let me explain something before we get too far into this. I grew up going to New Orleans. Okay, I grew up going down there because my uh, aunt, um, I have got an aunt and uncle down there. My great grandparents were down there, uh, and we would go see them once a year. So New Orleans to me is is a very special place. And so when I talk about New Orleans, and I start talking like a Cajun, I, I, I do that because I know how I go, but it's also because it's, you know, fun, it's fun for me, but it's also a, a place that has a, a crap ton of memories, and um, so I grew up, you know, going down to Bourbon during the day, and going to the French Quarter, and places like Café du Monde, and you know, the French, the French Quarter is, is very historical, um, you know, you got Jackson Square down there, you got Andrew Jackson, who is um, well-beloved in New Orleans, but uh, probably is one of the worst human beings to be president, but that's beside the point. He, he he fought in the Battle of New Orleans in 1812, the War of 1812, and so he successfully won against the British and, and was able to uh, beat back the, the British. So he's very well-beloved in New Orleans, in the Crescent City, so... When they say Crescent City Memories, I'm like, okay, yeah, all right. So you got you got Gambit, who is the typical Cajun, you know. And so Ben is going through, and I guess he's right off of bourbon. I don't know if he's right on bourbon. So this African-American woman, Ben is sitting on the stoop, and she's like, are you drunk? If you drunk, go sleep it off somewhere. I don't want you passing on, out on my doorstep, scaring off customers. Because Miss Nelly's old is New Orleans Severe's souvenirs t-shirts and stuff like that so she must be like either right off bourbon or you know i don't think it's a real i don't recall it being a real place but if it is that'd be kind of a fun touch so so ben is like she's like are you hungry and she's he's like uh starving you know so and uh so she goes "Mm -hmm. i tell you what dan you wash up all this mess off of my stoop you do a good job sweeping up and miss and miss nelly will feed you better than you ever ate in your life. Deal? Deal! And man, did she live up to her promise. That night, he had the best gr- gumbo and crawdads he'd ever had, French oysters and jambalaya. It was felt so good just to have some home-cooked food for a moment. Felt like being spoiled by Aunt May all over I wondered why Miss Nellie would just take a stranger the way she did and be so kind. I felt perhaps we were just feeling an emptiness for each other, staving off the loneliness. I asked... About the guy in the photograph who looked like he'd be about my age, looked like a bookworm, and he was, like when he was Peter Parker, not Ben Riley. And she said that was her son, and he died. She'd been polite enough n- not to pry about my past. Eventually, I-, I would confide in her, but for then he, uh, he felt that he at least deserved the same courtesy. Tasting and tasting the food in his mouth, I let the subject. He lets the subject drop. So uh, he only intended to stay for dinner and then be on his way. But it was late, Miss Nellie. Insisted that I, he, she, that he stay in the spare room. A couple of days later, I find myself hanging around her quiet little shop, trying to earn it. She's like, I swear that the, that shelf hadn't had enough time to collect you, collect any dust. Basically, Croy, uh, <laughs> he is a uh, he's a jerk, and he like smacks the snot out of out of her and uh, Ben. You know he leaps into action. He freaking smashes up Croy, and he actually causes Croy to have this big giant scar on his face. Throws a butt some angel dust in his face, and he's about to shoot. He's about to shoot uh, Ben whenever she uh, about. She uses her freaking broom to smack the snot out of Croy. Says that enough. You leave him be. My God, haven't you done enough killing? Haven't you done enough? Haven't you taken enough from me? Just just take your you guns and you voodoo and get out of my store. Now, I'm not sitting there adding this, this accent for a reason. Uh, uh, this is actually how... She's written in dialect, so I'm reading it in the dialect. So, cavalry arrives. Sergeant Croy, put your hands above your head, yada, yada, yada. And so, Nellie goes over to Ben. She's like, oh, Ben, I, I've i seen this before. You in trouble, but Miss Nellie is here. Don't you worry, just because... I don't like voodoo. Mean I don't. Mean I can't fight it. You see, Ben. You lucky Ben. See, my mama was a voodoo priestess before she met my daddy, who was a preacher. So you could say I got the best of both worlds. So she's cr- basically making this concoction. Basically, Ben got attacked by voodoo by Croy, and Ben starts to recover. Gambit's like I gotta go check on something, and Croy shows up with a demonstration. Good old Tombstone. Guess who's back? Tombstone makes a several appearances in the Clone Saga. Well, Gambit shows up. Ben is, like, hiding in the shadows. And so, Ben and Gambit... Ben and Gambit fight the two, and Ben gets thrown into an alligator pit, which might be bad. Croy, and... Uh, Croy throws his little, his little voodoo dust out, and, uh... <laughs> do not feed a live crocodile. Which, why would you have live crocodiles? I don't... Uh- I get that you're in New Orleans and and, and crocodiles are you know they're, they're they're the norm down there, but really, uh, you know I mean I've even seen shirts that says the uh, Cajun yard dog being the uh, uh, an alligator. But so just as the angel du- the, the I call it angel dust, but it's, it's it's voodoo voodoo dust is about to hit the entire crowd, Ben is able to web it up right as uh, Tombstone tackles DeWitt is an undercover narcotics agent. It's not DeW- uh, DeWolf. It's DeWitt. And so she arrests Tombstone. Tombstone is trying to... Meredith gets grabbed by the throat and Gambit, and- Gambit is pissed. And so Gambit sits there, and kicks him in the face and Ben uh, kicks him in the back and is like, find your own date, Tombstone. So Ben catches uh, Meredith and Gambit's like, he going down. <laughs> And Ben clocks him in the next week. I think he's out. You think he's out? You know, kind of that bit of a joke. And so Tombstone is is taken away and Ben has has basically ran away ran to the office where they where and let me explain this for a second. I, I kind of glossed over it. Tombstone uh and Croy actually throw the voodoo dust on on a on a I think the owner of the nightclub. And so Ben goes in and he creates the concoction to save his life. And, and Gambit's like, Hey, where'd you learn voodoo cures, as Spider-Man? An old friend showed me once. Saved my life. Dear, nothing like old friends, mon ami. You ever in trouble can send a Gambit one of yours. Thanks, Gambit. A guy can never have too many friends. And then all of a sudden, the very the corner of the page is like, Rah, blah, ba blah, blah. Can we get on with it now? I think we've waited long enough for my story. So, uh, let me talk about who... I'm going to talk about these stories individually, and then I'll, I'll give an overall grade. This was written by Derek Robinson, inks by... Uh, he, and it was written and drawn by Derek Robinson, inks by uh, Jerome Day, K. Moore, and lettered by letter by Bill Oakley. I actually like this part of the story. This was a very good story. It showed Ben on the road, and this is the type of story you can tell with Ben Riley. Derek Robinson, actually, the voice of Ben is right, the, the artwork was good, so I really like this. So... Then we jump to a story called Sideshow, written by Steve Gerber, who was the creator of Howard the Duck. Uh, James Fry is the artist, Chris Ivey is the inker, and Tom Smith is the colorist. So, Howard the Duck shows up, and the, the Circus of Crime kidnaps the Ringmaster. The Ringmaster is being used with the Wrecking Crew. We have a brief cameo by Savage Dragon, and... We go to Cleveland where they're trying to do their shenanigans. Peter and Ben team up to try to take down, um, try to help out the ringmaster because he's been kidnapped, obviously. And so then we have a fight, and Ben, Howard the Duck, and Peter, more or less, defeat the Circus of Crime. They start heading back, and the whole time, Howard the Duck is trying to figure out who the hell Peter Parker is and uh, how the hell he knows Howard. And the redhead that is Howard's girlfriend is laying it on really thick that she thinks he's a cutie. And so that's kind of the one of the visual gags. There's also a uh, during the issue, there's also this like crazed psychotic woman when we first see uh Howard the Duck that is like anti meat and, and, and pro environmentalist, and it's like Steve Gerber being like very having a meta commentary on environmentalism and veganism. So yeah, um, this particular chapter, I'm going to give a C+. I didn't love it nearly as much as I did the, um, the Crescent City Memories bit of the issue. Steve, Steve Greber does do humor really well. I just think the, the, the environmentalist thing kind of fell a little flat. But uh, overall, I liked uh, how they used Peter in the issue, and I liked, um, I liked the story. So uh, I'm giving a C a C+. So I'm going to give the, uh, the first story, I'm going to give a B. So B and a, a C plus, I'm going to give it a B minus overall. So pretty good, uh, pretty good issue. A uh, good way to end the in uh, in Spider Man team up. Now cutting back to uh, Epic Book number five is our last uh, our last part of this particular storyline, or the last story we're going to cover tonight, which is Annual 1996. It's an Epic Book number five. Annual 96 is very special. You know why it's very special? Because it's the first and I believe only time that Ron Friends got to draw. Ben Riley is Spider-Man. I think it's the only time he ever drew Ben Riley, as a matter of fact. But Tom DeFalco and Ron Friends did the script, the plot, and pencils. John Romita Sr. did the, art, the finished artwork. Oh, Oof, good. This is like God-tier team. I mean, you've got Tom DeFalco, Ron Friends, and John Romita Sr. I mean, you cannot go wrong. Anyway, it's called Heart and Soul. Uh, ben is on the subway... Attacking some goons that were trying to uh, trying to fight and trying to mug some people. Ben Ben subdues them, and at one point, you know, uh, one of the guys is like, "One another move, this doll is dead." And so this guy, Spider Man, hesitates, but the guy um, <laughs> the guy jumps like and to, to try to shield the girl from uh, getting getting hurt. And Ben like uses that distraction to knock the guy in the next week, and so. He's like. Uh, speaking of being impressed, uh, a normal man without any powers or special abilities was willing to sacrifice himself for the woman he loves. So he retrieves the, his clothes from the subway car's roof. Our hero resumes his, his cross-town journey, and so, you know, he's like seeing that guy jump to his girlfriend's defense kind of reminds him of Pete, MJ and Pete. And uh, <laughs> he's like, Pete. I guess it's even funnier that I still think of my clone as Pete, even though I'm the real Peter Parker for five long years etc etc we then have three flooding heads of guilt of jessica janine and desiree uh he's like talks about his life being much different and really great artwork here we then flash back to the swingin 60s with gwen and everybody at the coffee bean and george stacy's alive and harry's gonna go have lunch with his dad He's like, you know, Norman's got this horrible migraine. He's like, ah, I'll pile work at my desk. I, I don't have to spare the, I can't spare the time. And so Harry's about to call Doc Finger off. Huh, see what you did there, Tom. I see what you did there, Doc Finger off. Former editor's of, finger off was with former editor of Spidey. Um, in fact, one of the guys that approved the Clone Saga. He's like, you hear me, boy? I said no, Doctor. He's like, okay, Dad. So. Uh, and he's like, I just didn't mean to upset you. I was hoping we could hang out and use some advice. There's this girl, really like her, but she doesn't feel the same. <laughs> and Norman is a magnificent bastard. A uh, girl, you dare squander my precious time with some ki- silly college boy crush? When are you gonna grow up, Harry, and become a man? If you ever intend to continue the Osborne legacy, you gotta stop playing with whim- whimpering crybaby and toughen up. You need to start preparing for the future. Your life needs direction, a goal. Nice guys finish last. They never even finish. Good parenting there, Normie. Anyway, uh, we then uh, cut to uh, the Stacy residence when it's Benjamin, um, when it's George Stacy and Robbie Robinson trying to figure out Spider Man's identity. They're talking about his identity. We then cut back to. the offices of Os, Osborne, Osborne Industries, which is not Oscorp, but Osborne Industries, and uh, Professor Warren's on line three. So he wants to discuss ad- additional funding for his grant. Tell him, you know, and Norman says, tell him I'm meaning and I can't talk now. Hold all calls for the next hour. You cannot be disturbed. And so editors note, um, they're like, unless you've been living in another universe, you already know that Norman Osborne is secretly the ever-wily Green Goblin. And even though he doesn't actually appear in this issue, we couldn't resist letting Rampaging Ron and Jazzy Johnny show their version of the Jolly Jade one. And, ah, it's so good. All right. So sometime later, uh, we're at this seedy little bar, and, and this guy's look, looking for Mr. K. And all of a sudden, a jungle cat jumps out. And Craven the Hunter, if you've been listening to Spectacular Radio, you'll know that we've been talking about Craven the Hunter and uh, we'll be talking about them if we haven't released the episode. He's like, I got news about Osborne. Tell me more. Tell me more. Norman Osborne served as an intermediary Im- between for the Green Goblin. I was cheated, my due and my jungle honor demands I make amends. Graven hunter, back in the day. Anyway, so we then go to um, cut to uh, Jonah Jameson being like,
1: these pictures stink, Parker. They got no art. No, soul. you'll never improve as a photographer unless you're willing to sacrifice yourself for your craft.
0: Don't hold back, J.J.J. Tell me how you really feel. You want the pics or not? I could take them off your hands for half
1: the usual rate. He's like 75%. sold, but you're exploiting my generous nature.
0: Anyway, then we have uh, Betty and Ned making a brief brief cameo appearance, and... and um. Joe's like, "Hey, Peter, uh, present surprise." Uh, we're, I was just running at the station, and, and uh, he's like, "I didn't realize you guys were friends." He's like, "We often compare notes. In fact, your name came up today." George is, has an interesting theory about Spider-Man's secret identity, which I assume he'll discuss with you. And he's like, "Ugh!" And so Peter's thinking about that the whole time, and then he runs into Gwen, and and all of a sudden George George Stacy's here, and Spider-Man's spider sense is going off. And, uh, George's like, you... Oh, something wrong, Peter? You certainly look a little nervous. So he goes, makes the excuse to call his Aunt May. Peter then changes into Spider- his Spider-Man, guys, and then Craven the Hunter shows up. Craven uh, the Hunter's goons are there, and, and they, they take George Stacy hostage. Well, when Craven the Hunter's trying to leap into action, Peter's uh, fighting him as Spider-Man. Well, they ended up crashing through the glass, and George is like... George uses the distraction to, you know, to... To subdue one of the guys, and uh, Harry sees this gun like drop right in front of him, and he like sits there and hesitates. And he's like, "You're the wrong man, Stacy. It's gonna cost you." And so Peter then just leaps into into action and just goes, "Heads up, sir!" And you know, knocks him out. And so certainly a handy lad to have around. And I I think this is the point where George realizes that Peter Parker, Spider Man uh you know i i I really do i think this is the point um yeah and uh harry's like move it harry you're you're not a coward you're not running out on anybody you're just going to get help that's it i'll call the police i'll i'll and uh graven hunter like you you are the one i seek and so uh but this lion wins no honor by tyrannizing a sniveling jackal back away from me you know preppy fuzzy He's my safe passage out of here. You, didn't th- you th- dare threaten Craven with mere shotgun? But I have suffered enough indignities for one day. Craven's escaping, but it's rather obvious he wasn't working with the other gunmen. I wonder what he really wanted. We may never know. And so George then goes, "You better go, son. You don't want to be asking any embarrassing questions." And, ben, and Peter's like that was weird i don't know if captain space stacy suspects the truth but i, I gotta hunch he'd never betray me so craven the hunter shows up and he's like osborne the time craven was given his just due you must pay for having cheated me i have come for you and uh norman's like as i knew you would please make yourself comfortable you were expecting me he's like i hope you weren't aware i didn't uh this money this table contains all the money I owe you and much much more. I am I am the future grave and I have taken the necessary steps to ensure that someday control of a vast w- worldwide empire and you can be a part of it if you so, so choose. He's like keep your blood money. I only come here for because you're the ones who offended my jungle pride, but I realize there is no honor in any transaction that involves a man such as you. Mary Jane gives we well, then cut back to the coffee bean. Mary Jane gives the Ice Glare of all Ice Glares. I mean, just She's like, Your action lack of action might have spelled disaster if not for Spidey. Like, straight up calls him out on his crap. So George is taking they're taking his statement. She's like, Daddy, look, Peter, he's back. And he's like, Gwendy, are you alright? Did this awful man hurt you? I'm fine. I just missed most of the action. Uh, and then we get the internal thoughts of Captain George Stacey. It's obvious that you sincerely care for my daughter, Mr. Parker, but is that enough? Do I dare allow her to become involved with Spider-Man? If I can uncover your secrets, so can others, and her life will be in constant jeopardy. And yet, it appears Gwen has already made her decision. I guess I'll trust you, Mr. Parker, to use your vast power to keep keep her from harm. For my little girl's sake, I promise to keep your secret until the day I die. And then we have, of course, poor sweet Gwen getting knocked off the Brooklyn Bridge. And, uh... Yeah, so... that that's, That is the issue. Ben kind of, after he, you know, does his own internal monologue, you know, thoughts... He then swings off and says, yeah, maybe. And really, really, really good issue. Oh my gosh. Um... I... This is the best issue of, of, of the entire episode. I... Okay, yes, does it take place in the in the sixties? Yes, it does. And it yes, does it have a framing sequence by Ben Riley? Yes, it does. But and it's got great artwork, it's got great uh great artwork, great inking, great writing, it all works. This is a classic story. I really encourage you, go find Annual Ninety Six if you're not if you don't have the Epic Book Traits. It's an epic book number five, the best issue of the month. Um Bar none. So I, I love it a lot, and I really encourage you to, to check it out. So let's wrap up this episode. So I'm going to give I'm going to give the rundown run the grades one more time. All right. So Punisher family plot D. Uh, Venom along came a spider D. Issue one of uh, Team Up D. Uh, issue two of Team Up. I, th- I think I gave it I gave it them both C's. I'm sorry, C minus for both of those. Issue number three, which is the Avengers issue. F F F F F F F F issue number four, which was uh, the fan. Oh, excuse me, issue number three was the uh, Fantastic Four story. A out of that, or a B, a B plus, I think, out of that one. And issue number four was the Avengers story. F F F F F issue number five was the Gambit and Howard the Duck. I'm giving it a B minus. So, uh, like the stories, and then of course, annual number annual ninety six is a A. A-plus from me. So, yeah, love the story. Really well done. I liked, uh, on the annual, I liked how they used this opportunity to kind of connect some dots. you got the Professor Warren stuff. You've got Craven the Hunter showing up. You've got Norman showing up. And this is at a time when those characters didn't show up. And then you've got, I think, the time where Captain Stacy realizes that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. And so those are some very key moments that were done off-panel that are officially now canon because of this annual. So, really well done, really, uh, really exciting. So I really like it a lot. So, um, all right. So if you like, if you like to reach us, um, you can reach us at on Facebook. You can uh, type in at Spidey Dude Radio Network and it'll pull up the Spidey Dude Facebook page, or you can just search for spy It will instantly pull up. Uh, you can find us S Dude Podcasts on at S2Podcasts on Twitter. Used to be at CloneZoggerCrony, but now it's s- at s Dude podcasts on Twitter. We also uh, have our email, CloneZoggerCrony, at gmail.com. Have no emails in a while, so we need to get some emails in. And of course, we got our voicemail line, 818-925-6631. That's 818-9-clone-1-1 you want to be on the program that is the easiest way to be on the show we'll play your voicemails and read your emails next time hopefully uh, we do a recording so and when you do leave a voicemail please specify which show you're leaving it for because it's the voicemail for the entire radio network if it's mayday mondays clones like chronicles or spectacular radio so be sure to check out all the shows on spy-dude.com be sure to check out our three times a week content and we'll see you next time here on csc where we will be covering the rest of of the story in regards to a lizard tale covering issues 238 and 239 of Spectacular and then we're going to be covering the flipbook storyline by uh, Terry Kavanaugh in Planet of the Symbiots so we'll see you next time here on CSC